Hey everybody, this is Jesse Hill and Hank Berman, and we are joined today by the wonderful, talented Graham Ray. How you doing, man? How are y'all, man? Thanks for having you're, me uh, you're well. on the podcast. Here. I'm excited yeah. about this episode. Me I too. Mean, I, I, I've, I don't get out much, but when I do run into you and you're playing, man, it just always sounds good. It's always enjoyable. I remember that one time I... I was videography. I was doing videography for Cruising the Coast, and I just I saw you and Ty on the stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I got right up in your face with that camera, and you were just. Like, I remember. <laughs> just stuff. I was like, there he is. There he is. But yeah. How, how are things? What's going on? Man, I, I'm doing really well. I'm very blessed. Um, you know, I'm really I'm the busiest I've ever been in my musical career. At 47 years old, Isn't you know that that's great. And, uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, all I can say is it's nothing short of amazing right now. Uh, where I'm at with my career. Yeah, man. So, I, I see that you're six, seven, sometimes eight times a week. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's it's pretty steady, about eight gigs a week. And then on real busy weeks, if I pick up <laughs> stuff on Monday or Tuesdays, it can be like 10, 10 shows in a week. Um, now, these are... I like I, that I, on a real busy week. But a, for <laughs> most people, eight, eight gigs a week would be... Well, crazy enough but yeah but i know what you're saying i understand yeah what i got into though was you know i mean i gig about roughly about five nights a week four to five nights a week but during the day in recent years i got into doing um assisted living and memory care homes that's which wonderful I'll, I'll touch on how i got into that oh it's great soon if y'all are yes if you want to know yes <laughs> minds want to know absolutely yeah but um, yeah, so so I have these little day gigs where I, I go to assisted living and memory care homes, and they do these um, th- these social hours, you know, and happy hours. And the assisted living, they they drink a little wine and yeah. and beer, and they they enjoy live entertainment. And so I go and I set up and I, I perform for them. And uh, the memory care is the same, except minus the, the wine and beer, you know, obviously <laughs> right. for obvious reasons. But yeah. uh, but I go and. You know, this started in like 2016. I did my first assisted living home and it just led by word of mouth. It kind of spread and other facilities started reaching out and, and uh, realizing that I was doing what, you know, I was performing for Heck yeah, man. certain facilities and, and I go out and I do these these gigs, you know, and they have yeah. a little entertainment budget for right, it. And right. So it's a win-win. Do you change your uh, your repertoire? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. are you playing more of the older stuff? Uh, oh, yeah. And so, how far back would you go? I'm just, I'm curious <laughs> as a musician, what you, uh, what all you do with that? So, um, you know, it's really cool because, uh, first of all, let me tell you how I got into doing this. Yeah. Uh, I, a little personal thing about myself. Uh, my father was my biggest influence, which is the reason I started playing music. My father was a musician. He was a great musician, uh, multi-instrumentalist. He, um, his name was Randall Paul Ray. He went by Randy Ray. And, and where uh, was this at? This, so I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, originally. Okay. But I've been here on the Mississippi coast uh, for about 18 years now. My wife and I bought a house out here about 18 years ago. Our son was born here, our son Lennon. My wife's name is Jamie. Uh, our son Lennon was born here in Ocean Springs. Is Lennon, is it the obvious name? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he was named after John Lennon not, uh, not, from the not, Beatles. Not the Russian uh, communist. No, no, no. No, no, no. With an O. And not it's got the, an O in it. But. And not the bed sheets, you know. like. <laughs> but Sorry, Lennon. Uh, He's yeah, probably yeah. listening. Way to go, Dad. 
that guy on So he was born here. He's 16. He's a junior at uh, St. Martin High School. Nice. Now. Yellow jackets, blue and gold, baby. Go jackets. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so um, anyway, but uh, so I'm a Mississippi transplant from Louisiana, but uh, my father and my mother, uh, you know, we're from Baton Rouge, and um, my dad passed away about eight years ago from an early onset of dementia. Oh, wow. And he was diagnosed at 55. Oh, that is young. Yes, very early onset. Um, and uh, he lived with this, if you want to call it that, for nine years. He died at 63. Oh, man. And, um, but he, the last five years of his life, we had to put him in a, uh, a memory care home. Oh, yeah, on. where they can, you know, it's locked, locked down where they can't just wander off. Right. And, and whatnot. But, you know, I would go, and this is how I got into to doing this. I would go and I would bring a guitar and uh, I would, or a violin, and I would go and I'd play music for my dad. And then I realized um, that even in the latest stages of his disease, when he couldn't speak and even his motor skills were, were not what they used to be, and he had to be changed and fed and shaved right. and bathed and everything, uh, he would still react to the music. And I don't Power know. Power of music. Man, it's That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's such a therapy for uh people who are, who are suffering with uh, dementia and alzheimer's um mm -hmm. and you know i realized that other residents that lived in the facility were, would, would come around too and they were affected by this and i was like right. they would smile and the craziest thing is even the staff there would say some of these people may have not you know even spoken a word in like a couple of months and all of a sudden you start i'll do we talked about repertoire I'll do old hymns, and some of these old hymns, you know, Amazing Grace, I'll Fly Away, uh, the, the Old Rugged Cross, I do these old hymns, and all of a sudden, they start singing it takes part of back. a verse or wow. the chorus from this. That's beautiful. That's, and it, it brings them back to, like, their amazing. childhood in church, wow. you know, growing up singing, and it's like, I realized how powerful that mm -hmm. was. And someone asked me back in 2016 if I would come and do, uh, I think it was Bay Cove Memory Care mm -hmm. in Biloxi. And I went and uh, I did a performance there, a one-hour performance for the memory care people, uh, residents there. And they were like, do you want to come once a month? And we, I was just going to volunteer. And they are like, look, we can actually pay you a little something. You know, we have an entertainment budget. We'd love for you to come once a month. Well, then that led to me doing their assisted living side once a month. And then, you know how it is. Everybody yeah. posts like, hey, Graham Ray's coming right. to perform for our residents. And mm -hmm. I guess all these other facilities, they all watch each other's yeah, pages man. and what they're doing for ideas. And they started reaching out. And um, I'm up to, about current day, 2016 to now, I'm up to 14 assisted living and memory care homes that I do. Wow. And I do them every month. So I do 14 homes once a month. Wow. And it's Wow. It's a win-win, man. It's, it's beneficial to me because I see what it does for these people yeah. and how much they enjoy it and really, truly love the, the live music. Mm -hmm. And uh, I enjoy connecting with these people, man. They have some great stories, the assistant oh, living inside. Uh, but I get to know their names. I get to know the requests that they want. And so I have a lady, and she's 99 years old at one of the facilities that I play for. And she's... Uh, 
she always loved the Tennessee Waltz from the oh, yeah. 1940s. It's yeah. a, a Patty wow. Page. Patty Page Patty song. Page. Yeah. Wow. So I went and I learned. I used to play that song. Yeah. I could, yeah the waltz. It's a waltz. It's three, an old waltz. Three, three quarter time. Right? Yeah. So I, I went and learned this song. I had never heard it before. And I was like, wow, this is really, this is cool. And when I played it, she lit up. And now I play it for her every time I go. And you know, and, she's and looking she, forward to it. She works her way over with her walker, you know, after yeah. my performance. She's like, thank you. So much. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Like, Ninety-nine that? years old. So that's she's from the twenties. She's yeah. nineteen twenty. <laughs> yeah, four twenty-five. You know that's yeah. right. Like, wow. So she would have been, you know, in her probably that was, that in her twenties. Yeah. When that song had, World had War come II. out, yeah, that's kind of cool II. because you got that's really cool because you gotta you gotta think when you want to go entertainment, you think about the person going somewhere to watch entertainment. But what's cool is, especially for those people who are in assisted living or memory care that cannot go out. Right. Music, the entertainment's coming to them. Right. Which I really look, I look, you know, that's amazing. That's, yes. I, that inspires me. So good job on that, man. Well, man, and, and you know, definitely not looking for a pat on the back by any means. I mean, I am compensated for that, but it but, is rewarding. It's kind of a win-win. Well, being compensated will. too, it's like when you do something over and over again, you know, if it's for free, th- even though you might want to do it for free, the other person might feel like, hey, you know, I've, I want to bother them. I don't want to bother them. But I mean, if there's some compensation, right. it's like there's an agreement. It's good. Yeah. And uh, that's awesome. I did I did a couple of shows at the Sunplex, especially my grandma used to be, and I do the crooner thing. And, yeah. And they, I'm telling you, like, it brings joy to those people. It uh, does, tenfold, man. You know, and, it, and that, the fulfillment that you're talking about, it's like. Yeah. Um, I'm just, you know, it's one of those things I usually do around Christmas. That's kind of mm-hmm. when I, when I yeah. work it in. Because the whole Bing Crosby thing. Right. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, but I, and you I, sound great doing it. I remember my wife and son and I seeing you at uh, Jones Park in Gulfport one oh, yeah. year. And you were, I, I love doing the that Christmas gig. lights oh, and all that. The, the thing you were singing all the crooner right. Christmas. But I remember going to a, an assisted living place, and they mentioned that you played there. I'm trying to remember where it was at. So in Cowan or it was off Cowan? So it was Gulfport? It's Gulfport. Was it uh, what the, Bay Cove? the Claiborne or Summer, Summerfield? Summerfield sounds familiar. Yeah, or One Magnolia. I do about three or four. I'm about to say, Gulfport, man, I, remember, so. I, remember, I remember they mentioned you. I was like, man, that is a great idea. Yeah, I do the I, I did the Bay Cove uh, yeah. facility as well. Yeah, and just recently been asked to do another one. So uh, in Gulfport, but so I, I we all three of us understand. We know the the gratification you get from it, and just it's and, great, man. Yeah, and there, for me, there was this one guy that. He was a 50s kid, so it was all Jerry Lee and Elvis yeah. and that kind See, of thing. Yeah, see, and I do so, all that yeah. stuff. I do Elvis, and I do old hymns. I kind of mix it up. I that, do that uh, Everly like great, Brothers yeah, and uh, Buddy Holly and stuff list. like that. Now what, now, what I always think, I know you're a multi-instrumentalist, but I always think of you as, what do you call it, fiddle or violin or both? It's both. So okay. I do, I keep my Saturdays open for weddings. I had a... I had a violin scholarship to college. Really? And uh, I played in the chamber orchestra in college in Southeastern Louisiana University mm-hmm. in Hammond, Louisiana. And I went there and did that a few semesters. Ended up transferring to LSU in Baton Rouge. And I got out of the music major then. I tried a few other majors. And I eventually just left college. I didn't even finish, man, unfortunately. But I knew what I wanted to do. I just like, I just want to play music for a living. Like I, I knew that was my career so path. So you are a learned musician. Yeah. <laughs> you can actually read. I do read, yeah. I read not as well as I used to because sure. uh, I don't just read every day. I've played right. in bands and toured with bands. and I got really good at playing by ear and following, you know. 
Yeah. The Nashville number system. Oh, and really? Cord, cord all structures that? Yeah. and all that stuff. And yeah. Well, um, I was told the difference between a fiddle player and a violin player was about 50 bucks a week. Is that true? <laughs> no. Well, the truth about it is, uh, you know, uh, well, the difference between a fiddle and a, and a violin is, is uh, a violin has strings and a fiddle has strings. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that little joke in there. Little dad joke. I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's awesome. I also heard another one that says, uh, you know, a, a, uh, a fiddle is a violin with a southern accent. So. That's, that's, oh, yeah. I like that. I've never heard that one. You know what's sad? Like country mu- I mean, does country music still incorporate a lot of the fiddle or no? I know, they, I know they've killed the steel guitar. But. Man, it's, they do, but... I had read a while back, and we may have even mentioned this on another podcast, that the father of modern country music was Chet Atkins, because when he was president of RCA Records, that he said, I want to see, trying to, trying to get more listeners, more people, uh, demographic mm-hmm. to the country music side of it, you know, it's like, okay, most guys in co- and women in college, when they when they, they reach that age or whatever, um, they get out, they start families, whatever. They're, they're not really, other than their, their, their classic rock, they're not really into what was rock at the time. Right. And they need a place to go, so why don't we accommodate them by having less violin, fiddle, pedal steel and all that and, and incorporate maybe a little harder edge guitar and stuff. And, and if you look back to the 80s and that, it's pretty much, I think, happened didn't it? it you would know more it than did us. man but it it keeps evolving and getting us i want i want to I don't say worse but it's in a different there's way. definitely country music where it's it's hip-hop i mean it's uh I was, it's not I, even real drums that's sometimes crazy. and they're rapping and it's well that's you know, i admire the people that want to collaborate and really try to uh go to the next level but what happens is they get further and further away from what i would call real country music you know and, and I still love the old country. That's what I like. Too, I man. like it's white man's blues is what I call it. Right, you know, you right, have the, yeah. the, the Delta blues, you know, yeah. which was predominantly from the... the but the, the old Merle African Haggards and, yeah. the, and oh, the, uh, Hank Williams, and, Hank Williams. And, and go back to yeah. Roy Acuff and those guys, you know, yeah. the gos- forming from gospel music as well. Yeah, I, I, Hank Sr. I mean, I saw the light, you know, right. I mean, that was... It's really con- it's considered a gospel song and now. I was a big the '90s country fan. I love Diamond Rio. Now, see, now listen, the difference. Dom I Rio's do love boys. the. I was in high school in the '90s. I graduated in '94, so that '90s stuff really hit home with me. I feel like that was the second best country music. Oh yeah. After that is where I feel like, after the '90s country, I feel yeah. like it was it it's, was different. Every time I hear like '90s country, I want to go like hammer something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> want to go cut a piece of wood because my dad would my dad would be working he would be building that and so if he wanted me to come out there and show show me how to build cabinets and, and work wood and so i'd go in there and i'm in my you know that was during the backstreet boy area because I was, I was i was the late <laughs> right. 90s and oh, and then i'm like what this this music and then i started falling in love with harmonies oh, uh, Don Rio is one of my favorite bands diamond rio is great and i loved uh, you know i play mandolin, mandolin. yeah so I, I grew up kind of listening to their mandolin stuff and um but yeah, ninety to ninety four. I was in high school, so like eighty nine transitioning in. It was Garth Brooks and Travis Tritt that and Mark opera, Chestnut, yeah. Trisha, Trisha Yearwood. I mean, mm-hmm. Randy Travis. All that. That's great. That stuff, was that man, was that was know? a good good era for music for country. It music. was actually for for all music. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Even if like I liked 
my guilty pleasure is I do like to listen to some hip hop if I'm out with some friends or something like that, or, or you want to, you want to dance and you're in that kind of environment. Um, and, but even the nineties hip hop was like better than all this mumble rap stuff that's out now. I think, well, I don't I, know. And I've, I've, I've said this many times and people can disagree with me, but you know, rap back in the day was all about a message. It was about, you know, streets and livelihood and things yeah, like that. It was that. Dr. Dre and Snoop yeah. Dogg. They and, were then, rapping about and then as it progressed Compton. into the 2000s, it got really material. Look at what I got. Look how much right. money I got. Look at, you know, look how. The bling was, and the yeah. cars and, and the women. The, and the women. Yeah. And now if you listen to country music, if you, if, you, if you remember what it was, and now as it goes on, it's about beer. It's about trucks. It's about cut off jeans. It's, it's about always women. been about trucks and beer and the More, American flag. But 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 now but now it's almost like they got to convince you so much that this is a country song that I it's not like an understood thing. It's like I'm going to sing all these similes to you about beer. I I actually I do believe that to to convince you that it's a country. My wife and I were having dinner somewhere, a casual place, and this song came on the overhead speakers, and I shazammed it because (laughs) it was it, it was. It was a country. You could tell the guy had a twang to his voice. That right. was the only thing that gave me any hint that it was country. <laughs> right. But it was like Stevie Ray Vaughan playing a country and a country singing so- blues country. song. Yeah, right. singing country. It was the strangest thing. The the the, what was the it? mix of it. Do you remember? I, I, I'll look it up. Look but at it, your but, yeah. Shazam but history. This, and this guy was like, I mean, it was a really good song. But but if you took away the twang from his voice. And maybe just a little lick every here and there. That's the only thing that made it a country, right. so to speak, song. It was. It was the. It was weirdest. not necessarily banjo or fiddle. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't in your face. Yeah. Oh, this is you know the, right. the, from the get. It was. I had to listen to it, and and that's one of my problems when we go to dinner or something. Is that if I hear something, it's like yes, dear. I'm looking at her, but my ears <laughs> over here going, what the hell is that? Uh, I was like, what? What can that be? I think we share that. Uh, musicians can all share that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, and we have so that what? in common. It's like a bird. It's like, huh? What? Yeah, squir- squirrel. 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 It's the squirrel. <laughs> now, uh, while he's looking that up, so let's talk about, <laughs> so I know that you play, oh, go ahead. You got no, it? no, I got it. Oh, what, yeah, what it, it was a song called Shake the Cage by Dan Petlansky, which is a real country music name, Dan <laughs> Petlansky. <laughs> uh, I guess that's I don't country. think I've ever even heard that. No, I hadn't no, heard I, it. Um, not sure it's Dan, Dan and Shay. <laughs> no, no. Um, when we finish yeah. the no, the yeah, podcast, I'll yeah, have to listen to it's it. It's just yeah. strange mix. <laughs> anyway, I, I, so yes, the, the the evolution of music and, and country music and what you're talking about, hip hop. And you were talking about like you want you want to get more discipline and start. I mean, have you ever written? Have you do you have songs? So yeah, um, you know, I've never just written by myself. I never, I don't consider myself a strong songwriter. You know, I my forte was always kind of like that that sidekick that could. You know, multi instrumentalist that would best supporting actor, if you will. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I, I like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it takes. It, I mean, you look at Elton John; like he was the supporting actor of that songwriter. So I mean, right. you know what I mean. So you got to have both. Was, was it Bernie uh, Tillman? Bernie Toppin. Toppin. Bernie Toppin. Yeah. Great so, movie. Bernie I, uh, Toppin was. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no, no, no. 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 Go Bernie ahead, Toppin, because yeah. I, I, I have that. He's an encyclopedia. So yeah. like, <laughs> Bernie Toppin. Um, of course, they were both young Englishmen, and and he had this love, as a lot of Englishmen had, of uh, the American West. 
and the John Ford movies and all this stuff. Right. So I, I read and slash watched this thing about him. And even early Elton John, they did an album called Tumbleweed Connection, which is my favorite. Oh, wow. And, and, but the theme, Burn Down the Mission, and these songs are all of Western themes. And then it culminated the, the, to a peak with uh, uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And wow. it's Roy Rogers is on that on that record and all that stuff. And, and Bernie Taupin said that those songs people, and that's the beauty of music as well. We all interpret songs to what we want it to be or think it sure. is. And it could be encrypted. It could be totally different. But he said most of those songs were written about the West, the West. Uh, in, the, wow. in the United States and mm-hmm. movies that I saw and, and imagery that I have. So that's, oh, that's cool. Now, so, now, yeah. now I'm going to so, listen to that song and be like, yeah, that's oh, right. right. Think about <laughs> yeah. the West. He's what he said, most going by in Most head, of you know? <laughs> Goodbye Yellow Brick Road was written with that in mind, which is very interesting. That's very interesting. That's awesome, though. Proceed. Right. Proceed. I apologize. For no, no, no. No, but we were talking about songwriting, and yeah. that's something I've never really attempted because I'm I'm a crooner. I really like my the style of 30s and 40s, and but when it comes to songwriting, like uh, I, with you being a multiple instrumentalist, I bet I bet you hear things in your head. I and, do, man. And, you know, and and I enjoy uh, backing up really incredible songwriters. You know, and I have written a lot. Believe it or not, not recently. I've been more just concentrating on being at home. Uh, being, you know, I quit touring with bands in 2016, uh, which I was a part of a, an original band that was pretty successful called the Mulligan Brothers, uh, like a mulligan in golf. Right. But we were not an Irish band. Uh, <laughs> well, that's or, the or other Celtic thing that comes band, right. So. A golf and Irish band. Right. <laughs> but we were an Americana folk rock band, but the, uh, the, the lead singer was the primary, I mean, he was the songwriter, really. I had a few co-writes, but, you know, he was... He was amazing, man, and and he had this amazing voice, and I wanted to be a part of that and back him up. You know, his name's Ross Newell, uh, out of Mobile, out of Alabama, and um, we had a four-piece band, and uh, you know, we we toured all over the United States. We went to Europe and went overseas. We did some cool uh, Navy entertainment tours. Wow, that's awesome! And uh, we got to land and catch tail hook on a. On a carrier? An aircraft carrier, wow. the USS uh, George H. W. Bush. Oh, shoot, man. That's carrier, amazing. and it was uh, active duty off the coast of Pakistan in the wow. uh, North Arabian Sea. And we, we landed on this ship and spent the night and did a show in the hangar bay for the troops. And uh, they gave us a tour of the ship. And then the next day, we did a catapult shot off in the plane and shot off the carrier. And is it like they say that how it affects your <laughs> yeah, body landing dog. and taking <laughs> off? Oh, yeah, man. Like, so they actually speed up your, when they're coming to land. Yeah, and you're, you're doing it like backwards. So you have to cross your arms and put your head down. You've got flight gear like a helmet right. and goggles and the whole nines, you know. And, you, and they have these the padding on the seat in front of you. And they say put your shins against that because your legs will involuntarily like yeah. swing out and – You'll bust your shins, you Jeez. know. Hey. So like you, you they speed up, and there's three major cables. They call it catch and tail hook. This little hook comes out of the back of, right. of the plane, and you shoot for the middle one. They said, but if you come in a little early, you catch the first one. But if you overshoot, you catch the third one. But the reason they speed up and go full full blast is if you miss all three, you've got to have you gotta- enough runway. To take off again and come oh, back around, shoot. or you'll <laughs> no, or you'll thank cr- you crash into the water, you know. Oh my gosh, <laughs> ain't happening. Nope. So, but it's like you go, 
and like it just jerks you're, you. You're, you're stop. Like, you stop from like a 180 miles an hour or 200 miles an hour to like just zero a, in like oh, two seconds. Wow. So it just jerks you really fast, you know. That's insane. And it's man. the same way taking off. It's uh, they leave they leave you hooked up, and then it's uh, it's it's steam. Steam builds up, and they do a steam catapult, and they put the engines full blast, and it's like, you know, shooting the fire out of the back of the jet, and 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 then you uh, they release that hook, and you're like, shoom, and it's just enough power wow, to like. Wow, that's shoom. crazy. From that's... from sitting from sitting still, that's how they yeah. Shoot shoot them off the the carrier you know but i got anxiety over here <laughs> i don't know why it's like i, I can ride in like a, like a plane and well, actually I, barely, I can barely ride in a plane i'm just gonna get a drone that's how that's pictures. how i learned to drink was flying in <laughs> <out there. laughs> i learned to drink quite well because oh, I, wow. oh, I was just not a good person you didn't handle plane. it well yeah didn't mm. put headphones and 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 the, close the window next to me and give me a double of something right so so whatever happened wow. to the i mean is the mulligan brothers still touring no tour? so i this was 2012 we kind of started getting together in 2011 but i had another cover band that i was just kind of playing with at the time called chase and scarlet um That's a good but we name. wanted like to do a yeah, man, that's, that's we just kind of, and you know, there's no awesome meaning. I wish I had an awesome meaning behind it, but we were just throwing together chasing different Scarlet. stuff, and we were like chasing crown, chasing I don't know, chasing Scarlet, and I was like, that's, that's it. Cool name. It sounds cool. Like, that sounds good. Which is my LLC now. I, I finally, when the band was done, I had to change my LLC, and I was like, you know what? I need something that's never going to change again. <laughs> so that no Chase matter what Scarlet project LLC. I'm doing or what I'm booking, or I have a little studio in my house that I do overdubs on people's records for, uh, you know, fiddle, mandolin, harmonica, guitar. I do a little bit of cello and banjo on occasion and um, mandolin. But um, I was like, I need an LLC that's just kind of general. So I, I changed it from Chasing Scarlet Band to Chasing Scarlet Productions LLC. There you go. And that's what there I do all my business through. Now, now, when you say your business, I know you're gigging. What else do you do? Do you record? Do you so, yes, I, studio, I, yeah, studio my studio musician? stuff. I do. Uh, I record overdubs. So I mean, I have people from Tennessee, California, uh, Alabama, through the years, different places here in Mississippi that'll send me. You know, it's great now. They can send everything over the internet. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, you used to have to like, fly files. out there. And, <clears throat> yeah, and you know now it's just like you can sit in your pajamas and just. And I've got an there. iMac. Yeah, I can go in there with a bowl of cereal in my in my jammies, and I can track. I, I do like three passes if they want fiddle. I'll do three full passes, and for a hundred bucks, not bad. And then I, dude, that's that's. Now awesome. I don't edit or anything. I give it a nice it's just signal, dry, it's dry, dry yeah. and then they can edit and comp, play comp the part how they want. Which that's, is what they normally want to do anyway. Sure. That's how they're doing voiceover. So my wife, she has to take off a year this year because of Mia's thing. But yeah. she's looking into, she does all of my commercials. Like when I need a voiceover, she's she's just great at speaking. Yeah. And so there's this thing called voices.com. You pay like $300 a year. But what you do is you get these opportunities. And I started listening to a podcast from this lady, and, or this girl. She's, she's my age. And she just started this because she had a good reading voice. And she started putting demos out there. And they send you projects. You send them a sample. And if they like it, they'll go with you. Well, she started doing it and getting some smaller gigs. And then Taco Bell said, put something out there. And she did like a commercial for Taco Bell. Wow. And then when she did that, she hit into this huge national. Right. Now she's doing it for all like Subway and things money like that. Doing and, it. and also, when you <clears> listen <throat> to like Lowe's, go to, like, go to Lowe's and it's like, um, 
you know, help on aisle 32. Somebody's being paid for that voice. Oh, yeah. Or like an app. If you're on an app. Or, or if like it's a, an ad that's like yeah, but like also lawnmowers these, for sale in the and, but also lawn like, department. Are you trying to make it sexy? <laughs> lawnmowers for sale. I mean, free. that would sell lawnmowers. I'd buy a mower and I don't even need one. <laughs> I don't even have a lawn. <laughs> that's that. That's good. That's a true salesman right there. But I'd like, like to explain that to my wife when I get home. She, well, honey, I, why did you buy a mower? I was caught. You up should in have mower. heard her voice, though. She's wonderful. <laughs> she comes. She comes with a warranty. That's right. <laughs> no, but uh, anyways, it's just cool the way that things have evolved because you used to have to go to Nashville, L.A., whatever, to get into some serious studio, and now yeah. it's like. It's a project that could be sent in different times and just being able to do that. That's I have an iMac. I have that's a con- condenser mic and a, a little preamp, you know, and, and that's yeah. it, man. And I, I hang a couple blankets. Yep. I've got a, a really cool shaped little room that works out with a bay window. So it's, you know, it's I've your, got not your square. Or it's not your square right, 90 degree angles, from. man. It's uh, there's only one 90 degree angle in the room and, Very nice. but it sounds good. And they're like, man, it sounds so quiet in there. And I'm like, so Got to set up. All I you need is blankets, it. for real. That's it, man. That's it. So yeah. But uh, so I do. I do that. You ask sources of income. So if we separate things, I've got my assisted living and memory care homes that I do during the day. Mm-hmm. That's a source of income. Then I gig at restaurants and casinos at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do recording, which you know I don't do a lot of recording but and then sometimes it's busier than others yeah so I couldn't live off of that alone but like all these things together add yeah. up and then I do a little bit of booking not much but some of the casinos will ask me to book a few little solo acts here and there or bands and I do commission on that I saw you at a band at was the Southern Gaming Summit was that yes. what it was so that was that yes. a band you put together yes for that event, or was that just a band? For that event, that was it. So I know a ton of fantastic musicians through the years. You That's know, great. you network. You know who you can put together and, and throw something together. And That's cool. Group text and mm-hmm. figure out a song list, and like everybody does their homework, and we figure out keys, and then we show up, and That's everybody great. knocks it out of the park, man, you know? so. But, they but did I Bohemian and Rhapsody that night. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. I was like, yeah. what the? <laughs> Hello, y'all y'all did that really? And they, so, nailed, and they nailed it. Well, that's something else that I do with a fiddle uh, for Island View Casino. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, we we my buddy Ty Taylor. Mm-hmm. I know y'all have heard of Ty Taylor, well, but we've been doing a duo together for mm-hmm. probably fifteen years now. But um, we uh, he and I produce some tribute shows for Island View Casino, and back in like twenty eighteen, I think it was, we did. 13 tribute shows in six months, and there were two artists per show. So we do an hour and 15-minute artist, take a break, and come back and do another artist for an hour and 15 minutes. So we did 26 artists, and we we put the bands together for all of these. It was every two weeks. So every two weeks, we were learning 40 songs. We learned like 500 and charted 550 songs in six months. Not including anything else that we were doing, right. church stuff or yeah. whatever. Um, so it was makes me a, feel lazy. <laughs> it was a little bit of insanity. I, I was going crazy because I also do weddings, mm-hmm. classical violin for weddings and stuff like that, and I'm having to learn sheet music and. So you also do what bar, bar mitzvahs, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> whatever they're looking for, A&P man. openings. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> I'll do anything really. So, but, you know, but we that's do what tribute we do. shows, and and yeah. uh, that led to us doing. 
after that, this was just on the, the north or the south side, which was just, you know, the regular casino right. stage. But from that, they picked some of our best shows that were really great. And we ended up doing, they booked us in the main showroom, a ticketed mm-hmm. event. And we sold out every show we did. We did a, the ones in the big showroom, we did a George Strait show that was sold out. 90-minute show, like over 500 seats. Wow. So we sold that out. And when that was a success, we did a Willie Nelson tribute show. Who wore the pigtails? It was, well, uh, it, uh, so the, Ty Taylor you, you was Ty. more of a young, he was more <laughs> of a young Willie, you know. But uh, then we did, a, the, this was cool. Well, this is where the Bohemian came in, but mm-hmm. we did a Queen tribute. Really? That's and not it. That can't be easy. That can't be. It's not easy, man. It uh. was it was very difficult, but we put together a six-piece band <clears throat> and uh we did uh David Joyner is a, a great singer out of well, he lives in New Orleans now, I think. Or he may live somewhere close. I'm not sure where he lives now. <laughs> but he's localish and he memorized all the songs, sang, fronted it. He even shaved his beard, left the mustache, bought the yellow jacket and the really? white pants, came out with the Stand. mic stand, disassembled. Right. Like, he got into character. I never understood it, the, man. the he mic killed stand it. thing. I don't but, know. He just carried it around like, yeah, yeah. hold on. Like, no, so he was going to hit him or something. No, so <laughs> if you watch the movie, and I don't know how accurate it is, but I'm sure they wouldn't have done it. But, like, he was at a gig, and it was, like, his first time playing with the other guys. And he was, he was nervous. But he had this, he had the voice, and everybody was like, "Who's this guy? Like, he's not the original right. singer." And so he's trying to get his mic stand, oh, and, he, and, it, and it came oh, it loose, and he kind of freaked out for a second. And the music started, and he just started singing on it, and people started getting into it, and he was like running around with it, and that, that's kind and of where it. it's almost that's like interesting. It, it was one of the first. I'm sure. I'm sure it's been dramatized because <laughs> I mean that's how shallow I go with the Queen right. biography is just by the movie. But that's I was always, I always wanted that thing. And I was like, oh, it's because he was being pressured to be like yeah. replace the singer. Yeah. He was nervous. This mishap happened, and he huh. just made it work. Well, that's interesting. More of a malfunction of the yeah. Stand. yeah. A, a happy accident in his case, I guess. But, that's right. But this yeah. guy killed it. Uh, Joyner, oh he, man, he, like, David Joyner. Yeah. So yeah. he nailed it, man, and and it re- it went well, extremely had- well and. We ended up doing, uh, so now this year they've had, or the last two years, we did this 80s country gold. So you want to talk about some great country music too. And the 80s was an era that we didn't really uh, talk about earlier as far as country music, but it was Eddie Rabbit. And we bring in a a female, Carrie Lane. She's really great. Um, I had met her in Alabama years ago, and then she ended up moving here uh, right I think in Long Beach, right outside of Gulfport. Terry McCormick told us about her. Yeah, Carrie Lane. Get her She's great, man. She's really great. And she does all our Dolly Parton and the Judds and all that stuff. So we, we did a show. And it sold out. And they loved it because all these people came up after. And they said usually they pour back out into the casino, which is what they want. But they sure. all came up to the stage and were talking to us. And they all got the same uh, response, which was nobody's doing this kind of music. Mm-hmm. You go see bands now, they want to do the top 40 or try to be somewhat current, or they might mm-hmm. do classic rock or just country, <clears throat> you know, more uh, modern country, excuse me. And, uh, but nobody's doing 80s country, man. So that's interesting. We were, we were yeah. doing like Eddie Rabbit and uh, Conway Twitty and, you know, Gosh, Merle Haggard. I, oh, I know a bunch of, of guys <laughs> from the 80, in the 80s that went on to become part of Eddie Rabbit's band. We were all, I was living That's in Jackson, awesome. Mississippi, and, oh, yeah. and Malico Studios was a big happening thing up there. They were doing all kinds of different music. Um, 
they were doing anything from uh, Dorothy Moore's, uh, her song, Something Blue. Anyway, but they were doing country as well, and Eddie Rabbit was going to go back on tour, and a friend of ours from, and he's, he's from Pascagoula, Malin McAdams, he's, he's still up in Jackson. He had a band that was playing up there, and these guys were top-notch uh, musicians, and, and Eddie, Eddie came down and checked out, I want him, him, and him, and, wow. and that became the band that did all those 80s hits. Man, so see, I, I got to front one of those. I did. I love a rainy night. Yeah, that was the one that I was thinking of that they they played yeah. on. Yeah, uh, and right. uh, Crystal Gale to do a, he did a, did he do one or a couple of them with her? Yeah, I, I think remember. he did a few with her. Yeah, I, think. I thought so. so. I, but, yeah, um, but those were I, I had to sing it's that. Cool in, stuff in a though, man. So now they've got us. We did one, so they booked us another one. Like four months later, we sold it out, and now they've just we're doing another one in November. You know. Wow. Um, wow. <clears throat> And so this is Island but View. Island View Casino, wow. yeah. Now, you mentioned Terry McCormick. I, think, I guess you guys had him on the Yeah, show he, was, he was our last one. Oh, nice. Well, no, he was the one before our last one. Our last one still got to finish. So, yeah. and he, was, he mentioned Carrie Lane. So we're doing, we're doing a few, uh, I'm doing a few cancer benefits, uh, this, well, in September next month. Um, is it for so, an organization or for an individual? So, uh, no, so I'm doing one for Terry McCormick and uh, John Carter. With Carrie Lane and Ty and Ty's full band. Ty has a full band. Wow. And uh, and John Carter. And that's the, uh, it's going to be at Ground Zero <clears throat> on September 30th. Oh, just saw 30th. that. Just saw that, right. It's called Boot Scootin' Boobies. So it's going to be, it's a oh, breast gotcha. cancer benefit, gotcha, you know, gotcha. and it's, uh, it's going to be, uh, they're going to have music all day. I think they're going to have songwriters and mm-hmm. stuff doing stuff. And then we're going to close out the show at the end of the night, but it's all, you know, to benefit, uh, breast cancer awareness and, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. And then I'm doing another one for, um, Angel Myers McElrath, uh, the week before, I believe it's the 16th. And, uh, you know, she lost her daughter, Sophia mm-hmm. to a, a, a brain cancer, I believe it was. So there it's a pediatric, um, brain cancer. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rare, but we've had a couple of cases on the coast. So people are trying to Really right. look into why that happens because it's supposed to be more rare than, you know, what is it, three or four right. children right. get that. I think there were three or four that had yeah. them right here on the coast, which made it kind yeah. of it makes you think peculiar. Like, you know, I mean, it was, but um, so I've been uh, a little involved with that, and uh, I go and do music for their silent auction, and uh, I dress up and I go, and it's called the So So Strong, uh, I think Pediatric Brain Cancer Foundation or something like mm-hmm. that. She does that every year and they raise money and awareness, you know, so, um, very grateful to be a part of some of those, uh, charity events and, uh, you know, I don't know some of that hits close to home. Yeah. So wait, tell me about you. You got kids. So I have, uh, one son, my wife and I, Jamie and I have the one boy, Lennon. That's right. And how old is he? He is 16. So he just started his junior year at St. Martin. (laughs) Yeah. Does he play? Is he playing? Man. He he's got it, but he don't really do it. He don't want to do it. He's like, that's your thing, Dad. He's a little shy, yeah. You know, as far as like, he wouldn't want to get up on stage. I'm hoping he'll come out of his shell because he took some piano lessons and stuff for a while uh, when he was younger, and he was really good. He was really great at it, but that wasn't his thing. He didn't want to do it, and we didn't want to force him. But then in recent years, he's taught himself how to play guitar, and he'll go through little phases where he messes with it for a little while, and mm-hmm. then he'll put it down, step mm-hmm. away from it, and. He's a really great tennis player, though, and he loves playing tennis. Oh, wow. He's he's six nice. two at sixteen, so he's oh, taller than me. But he's uh, he's really yeah. into tennis, man. That's his passion right now. And 
My brother's a tennis pro and has been for a long, uh, long really? time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up in Atlanta. Yeah. So he he does tournaments, USTA junior tournaments, and he's nice. he's doing really well at that, and uh, plays for his school team. And how fast did it go by? Faster than well, I'd say faster than you know, but I think everybody that has kids knows and understands. Mm-hmm. Man, it's like <clears throat> I'm, start, I'm it's starting crazy. to feel it. I'm starting to feel it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it only gets worse. Girls yeah. five, my son's two, and I'm just like. Days are getting faster. Well, and see, he's our only child, so yeah. I was out touring with bands and all that, and mm-hmm. we didn't really have family here. Mm-hmm. Mine was in Louisiana, and my wife's family was out in Jacksonville, Florida at the time, so, you know, mm-hmm. she's like, I'm not doing this by myself again. I wanted another one, but she's like, she liked to say she was already raising two boys. <laughs> <laughs> she was Touché. raising two kids already. So. <laughs> what, made you, what made y'all move to the Mississippi Gulf Coast? Was it a band? Or was I was it? in a band called Hip Boot Joe. So I've heard of that. And we were, uh, we were together for about, I was with them for about 10 years, I guess. Wow. We had a great band. We were kind of original and cover, but we got, uh, we ended up landing the, the house gig at the Beau Rivage Casino. Mm-hmm. And back when it was the brew pub, pre-Katrina, you know, right. they had the brew pub, the big nightclub there. Yeah, I think my and sisters went there and danced many times and saw y'all. Yeah. Probably. So wait, so there Kevin was, Williams was, was in a band say, called Isis. Isis and but there Scott Henson but there was and all There was another band. There was another band, and y'all might know what I'm talking about, but they had a song <laughs> called Nipples. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I have not. I do not. (laughs) Shame on you. No, no, there is a song. I mean, I'm telling y'all and somebody who went, it was around that era and it was a, it was a band that, that That was not us. No. For the record. Gosh, who was it? (laughs) Son of a gun. You know what? So I don't know, man, but uh, ISIS had had landed a residency in Vegas. And when they left, they brought oh, our you, band in. We landed oh, the spot. I see. Okay. We took their spot 32 weeks a year, five yeah. nights a week. So there were only 20 weeks a year right. that we weren't playing the bow. And I wanted to, you know, I talked to my wife. We had a condo in Baton Rouge at the time. And I said, you know, we ought to, um, well, we weren't even married yet. But I said, you know, we ought to buy a house out here because, I mean, they gave us all rooms. Everybody had their own room in the hotel, which they're nice, but there's still something about being able to go home every Absolutely. night, man, and right. sleep in your own bed and use your own toilet. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it, it does make we, a difference. We bought a house, and that's how we moved out here to the Gulf Coast in Mississippi. Oh, so, okay. um, can't find it. <laughs> of course you can't oh, find it. You dreamed tell me. it. No but nipples. No, I'm, t- I'm telling you, there is, a, there is a band that made a couple of funny, and they, they, they were getting on the cusp of getting big, but they never, I don't think they... It was that song for the uh, the Gerber company, right? Baby bottles, nipples. Yeah, nipples. That's what it was. That's, yeah. So, so hit boot Joe. I remember hearing that. Yeah. And y'all went on tour for a little while. Yeah, man. We we did a few things around the states. We never really went overseas. Uh, my big touring was with the Mulligan Brothers. We had uh, before I left the band, we put out two all original records, and um, our first album we did in in Alabama, and then. Um, it was really great, man. And, um, a lot of people were paying attention to it and it ended up getting into the hands of, uh, well, we did a show in Colorado, I think. And, uh, one of the agents or or a friend of ours that kind of got us up there booked had ended up, he was friends with Steve Berlin Mm -hmm. from Los Lobos, you know, La Bamba, uh, Los Lobos. Great. uh, David Hidalgo on guitar. Yes. Yes. 
His cats. Are so, uh, but um, Steve Berlin got a hold of this, our first record, and he said, I want to produce their next album. You know, he's a Grammy Award winning oh, wow. uh, artist and producer and mm-hmm. with Los Lobos. And so we went out to the West Coast and uh, Portland, Oregon, and we spent five weeks out there and we cut our second record with Steve Berlin producing it. Wow. Uh, this was called Via Portland. So the, the first record was just self-titled, The Mulligan Brothers. All that's still streaming out there on all the platforms. You can go check it out. But um, wow. Via Portland was our second record. And we spent, we toured out that way. And we spent five weeks out there and we would record a few days and then we'd go do some shows around Washington State and around Oregon. And then we'd come back and we'd record more over like a five-week period. We just rented a house to stay in while we were there mm-hmm. and like an Airbnb or something like that. And um, we ended up putting out that record, man, and, and uh, it came out really great. You know, it was, it was awesome. A great experience mm-hmm. um, doing that. And uh, then we just toured for a few years, you know, doing that. And we spent a month in Europe. We toured Ireland and did like 12 different shows wow. in Ireland and Belgium uh, the Netherlands. We went to Amsterdam. What a great did, opportunity. I know. We did a, a like a, a very popular television show in Amsterdam. It was like a three million people audience, you know, that watched this show. And we did a live television show there. And I can't. I, I don't even know if I could pronounce the name of it. I don't remember right. what it was called. But <laughs> um, but we we did some really cool stuff, man. It was. A great experience. Like I said, we did those Navy tours and mm-hmm. went to the Middle East. We went to Africa. Wow. And uh, did some That's really amazing. Things, and, did, but and, and did the band, like, break up, or was it more so, like just y'all No, man. Families? So we did the two records, and then I spent a month in Europe. And my son was nine at the time. I was 40 years old. This was mm-hmm. in 2016. And when I got home, I only had five days at home after being gone a full month in Europe. And then we were getting back on a bus for, like, another three or four weeks to go up East coast. We were going to do, mm-hmm. you know, DC and Philly and New York. And, um, man, my boy, my son, Lennon was nine at the time. And he came in when I was packing my bag after only being home a couple of days. And he's like, dad, what are you doing? And I was like, man, I'm packing up. I got to leave again. And he's like, you just got home. And man, he kind of got upset and he turned around and, and, you know, he kind of walked away from me. And I was like, that just, a dose tore of my heart out mm-hmm. of my chest and and i'd missed what happened is that he was playing baseball at the time and i'd missed his whole season Whoa. i think when i was home those five days i think i caught two games yeah. and then i was leaving again so i saw two of his uh baseball games and he was just starting to pitch and mm-hmm. doing well with that and i man i missed it and i, was, I told my i guess a, few, uh, a week or so later into this next tour i we did a show in new york and I remember, I remember telling my wife, I think I'm going to leave the band. She's like, what happened? What's going on? I was like, nothing. I said, well, you know, we're talking about starting to write and record a third record, but we haven't done anything yet. And we were going to start maybe trying to do that when we got back from this uh, East Coast tour that we were doing. And I said, you know, I just, I'm missing out on our son growing up, and I really, I just want to come home. And so she said, well, finish this tour out, see how you feel when you come home. And if you still feel the same way, you need to go sit down and talk to the band and be honest with them up front before you start working on another record and all that. It wouldn't be fair to them, 
you know, adding parts and working and learning all this stuff. And um, so when I got home and I opened that door and I saw my, my wife and son and I saw them, I was just like, it's a no brainer. I'm done. I'm done. This is it. So I think that following Monday, I said, guys, I need to, I need to sit down and talk and meet with everybody on Monday. And they're like, what's going on? You leaving the band? You know, they, I think they knew something was happening and I sat them down and I told them I wouldn't, they did, man. I mean, you know, like anything, I mean, you're upset when it's, it's, we were only a four piece and I was the only lead instrument in the band Uh, at the time. So I did all the fiddle, mandolin, viola and harmonica parts on everything that adds to a unique sound. So if you put any other lead instrument in there, even if it's another fiddle player or whatever, you know, it's going to change the dynamic and the sound of the, of the band. So, you know, they were upset, but I think they understood, but they were all, you know, two of the guys were in their late twenties. Uh, Ross, the singer, I think he might've been 33, 34 at the time. Mm. I was 40. None of them were married. None of them had kids. And they were like, let's go to Germany. Let's go to Scotland. Let's go here. It's an adventure. They were ready to go. And I was like, man, I can't, I can't get that back with my son. Another nine years, he'll be 18. And look, here we are now. Yeah, He's 16 already. Right. We've got two years of high school left, and that's it. Well, the flip side of that that, I, that I, I'm gathering is that your wife, obviously very supportive and, and just... She, my wife is an angel, man. That's And wonderful. I put her through a lot through the years, being gone. And, you know, I struggled with uh, substance abuse for, mm-hmm. for years as being a musician. You know, mm-hmm. it comes with the territory, so... Oh, yeah. Uh, alcohol, uh, drugs, you know, mm-hmm. um, I actually went through the home of grace in 2019. I did a three month addiction recovery program there. And, um, you know, that changed my life, changed a lot of things, uh, saved my marriage, saved my family, you know, um, that's great. That and, you um, did it, but you know, she's an angel, man. She's put up with me always kind of being married to the music first, I think. And, uh, mm-hmm. You yeah, know. music has a big ego. It doesn't like to share. Much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a hard time saying no too, man. Which is well, it's. I know. think that's part of the nature of the beast. It's what we do, and it's like, how much more can you take on? Well, how yeah. much do you have? What do you have? That's right. And when you start out, t- you're doing a couple gigs here and there, maybe making fifty bucks, and you're like, mm-hmm. so you you learn early on not to say no. That's you're, right. You're like, that's. I want to take it because this is what I want to do for a living. Right. So yeah. you right. eventually finally take that and there's step. always somebody right behind you that's if you don't want yeah. it i'll take it <laughs> yeah I'll, cu- I'll even cut the price <laughs> well and that's a whole nother story don't yes, get me started is. on that man <laughs> you're but, right yeah. but i mean it's yes, really cool that you recognize that and made that call because i mean like you said yeah. the mulligan brothers y'all touring europe and on air yeah. force base and then like you're on, a, on an aircraft carrier you're like y'all, y'all are climbing that ladder yeah but then you go home and what what What's the priority? What is the end goal? Is it to be yeah. a famous musician or is it to be a good dad and be a good husband? And-, and I love my family, man. And it's it's really hit a magical point in my life right good. now where I feel closer to my wife than I've ever been. Like That's we've awful. hit this magical spot in our marriage. And, Perfect. Uh, you know, I'm around for, I, I do mainly solo stuff, you know, acoustic. Mm-hmm. So when his tennis season comes around, I get the schedule. Cleared out. I clear out every every night that he's got a tennis match. I either sub it out, or I'm just like, hey, I need to, you know, I need to get somebody else or, or whatever, right. you know. And it, and it's okay because I'm doing mainly just cover stuff here. Right. Sure, I sacrifice a little bit of money, but I can always make money. That's true. You know, right. it's it, yeah. <clears throat> wow, that's a that's a so, uh, that's a deep know? story, and especially 
going through the addiction and going through the yeah. home and grace and yeah. recognizing there was a problem. And because a lot of people, you know, don't get to that step and the marriages fall apart and things like that. And so, and you, that place is amazing, man. Yeah. You know, I've, I've seen it. Three I've months seen. of your life is not as long as you think it is. True. And, uh, you know, it's a faith based Christian uh, recovery program. And, uh, you know, was that local or? Was yeah, it's in Van Cleef, oh, man. It? Yeah. Okay. It's called the Home of Grace. <clears throat> and, um, amazing program. There are a lot of musicians out there that struggle. Oh. And, you know, sometimes Absolutely. just putting your pride aside and getting the help you need mm-hmm. can be amazing. And it can be a game changer. Yes. I'm making more money now than I've ever made but, my entire career. I was about as to a say, musician. when you're given, like right <laughs> now, there's so much opportunity down here for yes. a lot of musicians. Because a lot of, you think about it on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even Wednesdays and Thursdays, people yeah. are booked. Yeah. You know, versus compete, I'm competing I'm, for certain areas. It's like, there's so much opportunity. Well, this is like a renaissance because back. Uh, being the eldest of you guys, um, uh, yeah, I'm not real happy about it. <laughs> no, but but in the in the 80s, um, the coast did have that kind of work. You could work at. There was a place in in Gaucher, the, the out of Jackson, uh, with McCray's department store, the Widow Watson, which was. Widow Watsons were great. It was it had they were a really good restaurant, and they had a really really cool bar their bars were really intimate uh, mm-hmm. but yet would hold a bunch of people and they had the mug club and you could get the widow watson's mug club but anyway but you signed on with them and you would play tuesday through saturday with them for that week for yeah, that week great. and they had one down here they had two in jackson they so had you could tour and do the so circuit. you could work <laughs> widow watson circuit so to speak and never uh, for the year Right. And worked five days, and you had a set schedule, and you knew exactly. And then, if you wanted to That's do other cool. things, weddings during the day, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of what what goes around comes around. Yeah, because I agree with you. It's like I'm I'm with you in that. Uh, you know, I, I work tonight. It's a Tuesday. Right. It is That's Tuesday. Oh, Wednesday. Today's, Today's Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, it's it Tuesday. Is Tuesday. Yeah. Election day, my friend. That's, That's right. right. Well, That's where I'm going after I leave here, right. which is true. But but yeah. So it's and day gigs. It's, it's, yeah, this is a, this is like when you're outside, man, you know, there's a lot of opportunity, like, especially on Saturdays and Sundays, they have brunch gigs. Yeah. (laughs) People are like, how do you do it? It's like, well, I kind of wondered that myself when it's uh, 98 (laughs) degrees outside. 120 heat. But it goes back to what what, (laughs) what Graham and I were saying. It's like, you, you you learn, you just do it. You You do, man. Take what you can. Let me me tell you something real quick. And I know we probably don't have a lot of time left, but I wanted to tell, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, it was very humbling, you know, you, when COVID came around and we, everything shut down and we lost all our gigs yeah. and restaurants, casinos, all of it was closed down. Even weddings were being canceled. I mean, everything. Um, I went out and I did red iron work for the first time in my life, building metal buildings and doing construction work. Like with your hands and stuff. Oh you man. Did yeah. Work. I learned how to Shoot. drive a forklift and I was out there in the middle of the summer. <laughs> wow. Building these, you know, putting the iron beams up and walking. Oh these man. Beams and, and working, man. It's a metal. We yeah. built a storage facility and I worked a friend of mine, uh, Myers construction, Jason Myers. He's like, man, you need work. And I was like, I do because even unemployment just wasn't gonna be enough to cover our right. bills sure. as a family. And mm-hmm. it was like, man, <clears throat> I'll take whatever you get me. And I said, well, come work for me. I said, listen, I, I've never done construction in my life. I've been a musician for the last, you know, 20, Feel, almost 20 years. My hands are soft. Yeah. I've got hard calluses that's on my right, tips and my fingers, <laughs> but my that's it. My are soft. But, um, man, he's like, look, you know, 
come work for me. You know, it's hourly rate. And, man, for eight months, I did red iron work out in the heat. Wow. And, uh, man, I learned how to build a 60-plus thousand-square-foot metal building from the slab up, you wow. know. And, uh, wow. After that, I did another, uh, like, almost another year working for a um, home repair company, Coastal Home Repair. Were you thinking and that uh, was going to be the career, like, after all that was and everything shut down, or did you have hope that everything would open back up and you would I have I think picks? I knew at some point it would come back. And even, I'll be honest, even that, for that year during COVID, a couple months later, there were still people that were like, we're, we're doing a private party out here. We're gonna, everybody's going to socially distance, and we're gonna, it's mm-hmm. going to be outside by yeah. a lake. And, but we want some live music. Everybody will be away from you and everything. And like, they wanted to, so I was still making some money doing some private gigs. And then, you know, when they opened restaurants up at 50% capacity, one of the first ones to open back up was Glory Bound. Yeah. The Euro company on Government Street, downtown Ocean Springs. And man, they were so gracious enough to let me and Ty have been doing a duo there every Wednesday for years. That's where I'm, that's where I saw you for the first time. Like I really knew I've seen you around, but it was the first time I sat down and listened to you. I was like, damn, these guys are (laughs) good. Mm -hmm. Thanks, man. Uh, You know, you and Ty, see you by yourself. Great. You Ty by himself. Great together. You are still great, if not even better, because of the collaboration. We have, have a chemistry, man, and the we're like brothers. I mean, he's the longest musician. You sound I've played like with. each other when you talk. Right. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that. And but. I didn't sound that way always. <laughs> I think what happened is I've been making fun of Ty's accent for so long. I'm like, and it's conformed. Hi, y'all. I'm Ty Taylor. <laughs> and it, and they're like, now I sound like him. So do you do? Now, you guys hey, sound like. We need to get Ty on the show, and so we can oh, compare yeah. and contrast. Oh, I'm telling you, man. You'll hear it. I did some stuff with Ty too, and it's like Ty's so so uh, so effervescent. He's he's so optimistic. He's like, hey, Ty, let's do this song. Come on, man, let's do it. Come on, man, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. I know that song. I know every song on the planet. Just so this is the hard. (laughs) This is a hard question to answer. You don't even have to answer it. Okay. Since y'all have that chemistry and y'all work well, so to get together. What would you say is your strength and weakness versus his strength and weakness, and why do you, why the whole why does it work together? Like where did you know, or is it just both? Is it just really strong all, all man? It's, I'll be honest, you know, it's really strong all the way around between the two of us, and I think I think something that we both deal with is that we pick on each other like brothers, but we can both take it. So yeah. nobody gets their feelings hurt. And you're doing that Nobody's on like, the whatever. mic in front of the audience. Oh yeah. We'll call each other out or, or you know, pick on each other. He'll break a string and he'll go, way to go, Graham. <laughs> you know, way, so, to, way to break. Wait, let me, let me do that again. Way to go, Graham. Way to go, Graham. <laughs> Thanks for breaking my string. <laughs> well, what, what's, what's great about that is like you're, in, you're, you're allowing the audience to get into that chemistry versus just we're singers and we're singing together and all that, yeah. uh, that back stuff. That you're like, okay, well, I broke a string. It's like that's a really cool way of kind of just bringing everybody inside. Like Man, it's more of an intimate feeling. I think we've both worked really hard at our craft for a long time. It shows Neither too. one of us takes it so seriously that, if we do mess up, and we mess up, we may we play bad notes and wrong notes, or man, we'll look at each other and we just kind of smile and like, you know, I know what you did, and he knows what I did, and we laugh about, we laugh it off, man. My, my thing is, you're you play, know? hey, I'm playing jazz. You know, <laughs> hey, that, that wasn't a wrong note. That, that was, was jazz. That was the album version. Right there, <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But uh, yeah, yeah, man. So you know, we have a great thing going on, and then we just work well together. You know. Um. You know, I'm I'm just I'm well. Great. He just had a baby too, didn't he? He did a number four. 
He's got four kids. He's got four kids, man. Oh, wow. I said, you're done now? He said, man, I'm done. I said, you said (laughs) that after your second kid. He said, I'm done. And here come the third. I'm done. Here's the fourth. I'm done. I know for real this time. He's making a band is what he's doing. That's 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 exactly what he's doing. He's putting the family. The Taylor family. uh, We hate to break the news to you, Graham, but you might be... You might be on the way out. He's got himself a new band. He might become the bus driver <laughs> of a basketball team, man. Yeah. So I was like, golly. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So, well, uh, man, any any words of encouragement for musicians and people trying to make it cuz I mean, you've 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 been to the the touring stage and to the the international yeah. touring stage. Yeah. Back home, went through uh, addiction, made it through that, you know, like is there anything you want to like just kind of get some guidance on some of these young musicians who are getting into it? And like- All I can say is just work hard at your craft. If you're passionate about it, do your best to just put your all into it. You know, work, work hard, but also don't let people, the public is, can be really cruel nowadays. It's really mm-hmm. evolved and changed. I think through social media, I mean, you can say, oh, man, I bought, look at my new car I bought. And people are like, you could have fed 20 homeless people with yeah. what you spent yeah. on this there's car or whatever. Or you side. buy something nice. It's like there's so much negativity and stuff, man. And here's my, my view on this. If I hear somebody and they don't sound that great, or but they're out there and trying to do it, I respect that because they may have way less hours than I do in it or – you don't know where somebody has just started a month ago or two months ago and they may have some pitch issues or some timing issues or whatever. So what, man, if they're trying to do it, don't be, you know, don't worry about criticism because people are going to criticize you. And to be honest, the more success you get, the more people kind of criticize you for different reasons, for different reasons. They're just, they're jealous. They're upset or like, Oh, well, they want to pick you apart and find something wrong mm-hmm. with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So don't give up. The, the main thing is just don't listen to the criticism. Don't let that get you down and go, well, maybe I should hang this up. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have walked away from yeah. what could have been maybe a career or, yeah. or something if they would stayed with it, you know. That's true. Uh, just don't throw the towel in, you know, because somebody's ugly to you. Just work harder. Keep working on it. That's good advice. That's you know? real good. That is good advice. And I like that. It, it kind of brings it back to full circle. Like it humbles you as a musician, or like us as just working musicians. Like you know, sometimes you will hear something and you're like, "Oh, that's not the greatest." But you know, sitting around judging is not helping anything. You know. But I think honesty is important too. So true. like, if somebody asks me, "What do you think?" I'm going to say, "Listen, I admire your work ethic. I think here's some things you could do to improve upon what you're doing." But don't tear them down and say. You really didn't do this well. Yeah. Say, man, you sound great, but why don't you try doing this? And let me give you some pointers of maybe something that can I think it can make make you sound even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like try that. to be encouraged. And another you know question. I mean? Another question. Yeah, you got sound down. The production aspect of it, like, have you ever? Do you help out with that? Like, when it comes to, hey, there's a great singer songwriter. And but there's a missing piece of like maybe whether it's lights or uh, the type of instrument. Like, do you help out with that or does it matter? Um, I mean, I run a lot of sound for my obviously my own shows and, and different things that we do. But um, you mean like for other people or like no, just like like so like for me example, I don't have right. a musician, but I, I mean right. I just sing. 
I put a suit on, I have an old mic, and I sing. But sometimes right. I always feel like I'm missing a piece. Like if there's musicians out there right. that is missing that production value. I mean, do you give pointers on that? or? I, I mean, I always have ideas. I would be open gotcha. to help somebody. If they asked me, I would give them an opinion. Mm-hmm. It would just be merely an opinion. But When I, asked. You know. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm just curious for myself. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. So, Graham, what do you think about this? Yeah. Awesome, I'm man. always open to uh, questions. And, and if I don't know, maybe I know somebody that I can at least yeah. turn you to that can uh, give the proper advice. I think that comes with being a parent, too. It's the same. <laughs> the, the, there's a, there, yeah. those, those two things come hand in hand. You don't want to tear a musician or a child down. You don't want to no, put, put it in their head that you did it wrong. But try this. You know, I think, I think you, it could I be think, better. I think you right. can really go in a good direction this way. But just my own opinion. You know, that yeah. kind of, yeah. Jesse. What? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Nothing. Just No, so I see we have some instruments today. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um. You want to give us a little, yeah. little taste of sure, just let the audience know. I, and you know, and I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I will do an original song. Yes. yes. I know we talked about that, but yes. you know, I talked about losing my father to dementia. Yeah. Right. And um, I'll give you a little backstory real quick and I'll grab that guitar. Yeah. But um, so the last five years of his life, he was in a home, as I said, and uh, I would go play for him. But I, about a year or so before he died, I had a dream that he died. Mm-hmm. But he hadn't physically died. And I, I remember rolling over and, and going, wow, it felt so real. And I looked at the clock. My wife was sleeping. And I looked, and it was exactly midnight on the dot. It was wow. 12 o'clock. Strangest yeah. thing. And I was like, wow, man. And it took me a second to, to gather myself and get my bearings straight and realize that he didn't die. But in a sense, my dad was mentally gone. Yeah. For quite some time, right? You know, and uh, like he wasn't my dad, the, the dad that I remember, you know. But um, yeah. so these lyrics started coming to me, and uh, at the time I was writing some songs every week with uh, Mary Ann Allison. I remember I her. Wait, Mary Ann Allison? Did she move out to Vegas? She moved to Vegas. I'm Mary Ann. She's a CPA now, I think. But, oh wow! Um, or she was before. Did the music thing for a while, and then she's back to being a CPA out there. But. We wrote a lot of really cool songs, man, and uh, we would get together every week for on and off for two or three years, and we wrote a bunch of songs, and here I am saying I'm not a songwriter, but I guess I was, but I, yes, I don't you know. Were. I never thought I was a great songwriter, so you know, she, <clears throat> she obviously helped me to be a better writer for sure, um, but I went to her. This was a Tuesday night when I had the dream. These lyrics came to me about a midnight ride. And writing it from my father's point of view. Did they come to you that night? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so this I put is all some stuff everything in my at phone. once. Yeah, I put yeah. everything in my phone okay. while I was still up, and then, but we wrote on Wednesday mornings. So I, I went that Wednesday morning. I said, Marianne, I had this dream about my dad, you know, passing away, and I said I got these lyrics, and and uh, you know, and she said, Well, my dad just went to the hospital this morning. And I kind of had this music, oh, wow. and some of the music. And then we got together and we just collaborated. We wrote the whole song. So uh, Marianne, Allison, and myself, we wrote this song. And I ended up singing this at my father's funeral, which is crazy. How did you make it through? Well, oh, shoot. the crazy thing is, anybody who's ever experienced a family member or someone close to them that has gone through the dementia or my mom. Alzheimer's. My mom passed away. but she you, you kind of grieve over a long period of time, man, it's, it's, a. Uh, 
you watch them forget how to do things, forget how to take care of themselves and, and eventually get to a point where they can't speak or even feed themselves or they need to be changed. It's a very, you know, humbling experience. And you, there were times where I broke down and cried because I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, yeah, sure. you would notice drastic changes if you didn't see them for a few weeks or a month and you would be like, Oh my God, it was very upsetting. So you, you tend to grieve over a long period of time until the point in the very end it's so bad that once they're gone, there's, there's a sense of relief. If that makes sense, that they're not suffering anymore. And we don't, as a family have to see them that way anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, but we wrote this song that's called midnight ride. It's written from my father's point of view, which is a little odd, but this is how we imagined he felt as he was passing away. Wow. So, uh, anyway, let me grab this guitar. Yeah. So this is Midnight Ride. Take me easy when the moonlight shines I'm not looking for the sun to rise again and fall I can't change it all Dancing with the devil end in sight Losing battle, raging war I breathe my breath away And I could never stay I'm leaving on a midnight ride My soul is drifting slowly from my side The skies are falling while the darkness wins this is my beginning of the end And I'm leaving on the midnight ride I'm leaving on the midnight ride Passing on along the endless sea The wind has come to carry me I'm leaving. 
But now, that's for my dad, Randy that's Ray, good. man. Yeah. Wow, man. <laughs> that's great. Thank you. That's good. Wow. Seems to be you're a songwriter. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Very you know, nice. Did you ever like? Did you ever lay that down? I've never done it, man. Oh, you got to. I've got, yeah. Come on. That's I, a good acoustic song. You don't need it's not too complicated. Like it's, well, you gotta lay that down. Put that on Spotify. I know. I got to, man. I, even if I don't do a full record, I, you know, I'm, but I'm understanding some people are. Yeah. That's I, I love that. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank y'all, Absolutely. man. And thank y'all for having me on the show today. Our pleasure. I really uh Hey. We've been wanting you know, to get you <laughs> there on. He is. Hey. <laughs> I had to borrow uh Jesse's mic there for a minute. Yeah. So no, thanks, uh, Jesse. No, Graham, I'll tell you, man, I'm I'm excited that you showed up. I'm so I can't wait to have you back. I can't wait to post oh, this yeah. podcast. Um thank you so much and hopefully we get high note out there and yeah. Just uh get get Gulf Coast musicians, southern musicians, and yeah. southeastern region, region musicians just out there, yeah. just hear their perspective. Because I've heard of you, I've seen you play, but yeah. getting to know you deeper from this conversation, there's a whole different side, a whole different respect that man, I'm throwing your well, way. Because thank man. you, it's it's nice to get intimate sometimes and get to know people oh, yeah. a little better. And, and that's what this is for. Yeah, learn this, what you don't, what, what the public doesn't always see. What the you know? platform they for. see behind yeah. a mic, and you yeah. got some yeah. songs, and yeah. right. But <laughs> hopefully, this is gonna connect them somehow more to you that you wouldn't be able to always have these conversations but now absolutely put it out yeah there. man well thank y'all for having me it's been today our pleasure and, for um, sure thank you graham i appreciate it man yes sir yeah so um so graham how can people get in touch with you um well i mean i've got you know the usual platforms i've got uh you know facebook i have a facebook page uh which is kind of more my business page which is uh at graham ray music but Graham is spelled G-R-A-M, like the unit of weight. And then Ray is R-E-A. So uh, I just spelled it. <laughs> Graham Ray Music. Yeah, because everybody butchers it usually. But <laughs> So at Graham Ray Music is my Facebook page. I usually post weekly where I'm performing for the week and oh, stuff yeah. like that. And um, uh, also I have an Instagram page. I, I believe it's the same, at Graham Ray Music, I'm pretty sure. But you can search Graham Ray and find it on there. Well, I'm Jesse. I'm Hank. And I'm Graham Ray. This is the High Note Podcast. Until next time, have a great week.